0: So we're going to continue, or try to continue, you know, it's been like three weeks I've been trying to deliver this particular sermon, and we haven't quite gotten there yet. And so we're going to continue our sermon series on Romans, but we're going to begin in First Peter today, is that okay? (laughs) And I promise we will roam and get back to Romans. See what I did there? First Peter chapter 4. Verses 12 to 13. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something was strange. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. So that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing His glory when it is revealed to all the world. Paul is saying, dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked that you are going through testing that is just like walking through fire. Be glad for the chance to suffer as Christ suffered. Cause it's going to prepare you for even greater happiness when He makes His glorious return. Dear friends, don't be surprised. Then why are we surprised? When hard times hit. When trials hit. When circumstances suck. Can you say suck in church? Yes, you can. That's okay. Why are we surprised? I think there's sometimes... It's because when we thought we accepted Christ, that all our problems were going to go away. That we would never have a hard time. Every prayer gets answered exactly the way I want my prayers to be answered. To the T. That God somehow in the back of our mind becomes like this great bending machine that all I got to do let pull the lever and out comes exactly what I want. And so when we have this mentality in, in the back of our mindset and then something hits us, we're surprised. We're surprised. Maybe, maybe we're not so surprised about the actual trials or hard, but maybe we're surprised about the intensity of them. The, the fierceness of, of, of something that comes against us, some kind of sickness, illness, pain, suffering. Yeah, you know, God, maybe, yeah, okay, I, I realize I'm still in this world, I'm still gonna have some struggles, but they don't, do they have to be so hard? I mean, after all, I, I go to church every Sunday, I witness, I pay tithes, yada, yada, yada. As if God needs an explanation about how good we are. But we get surprised because we're, we we walk around in this. <laughs> we walk around in this skin suit called being a human being. And I think we lose sight of this this, this one important fact about this. There is always a purpose behind what God does. And he's under no obligation to tell us what that purpose is. But I do believe that God wants us to understand what he's after in our hearts. And the reason why I feel so inadequate this morning is because I am blown away by God's faithfulness. And my lack of it. At times. So we're really going to need his help this morning. So let's pray. Father, we, we come to you asking. And knowing that you're here with us. Please be with us. Come and speak to us your words of life. The words that only you can bring to us. The only words that, that you can speak to us. We need to hear your voice, your words, your spirit, your heart, your thoughts. We need your voice to be heard. So what I ask Father is that all of us will be, will be available to the, to your words right now. That you would help us put aside everything that is a hindrance, as a stumbling block. Help us, Father, to be centered right now on your spirit. Become against any principality, any kind of uh, uh, disruption or or, uh, distraction that would cause our ears not to hear you. Cover us with your blood. Because we need your words of life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I told you to go back to Romans. Romans 5. Starting in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. If you remember. Do you remember some of the points that we already had about this? That when we stand, we've been justified. Justified. It's as if we have never sinned before. Guys, that's the way God sees us when we've been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's as if we have never sinned before. This is amazing stuff. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And then Paul says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Wait a minute. That was really good up to this point. Paul says not only that, wait, there's more, but we rejoice in our sufferings. The word rejoice here means to boast loudly. Knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Can can we honestly boast in our sufferings? It says we can. And Paul gives us the hint. It says knowing. Knowing. That word means that we turn our attention to. That we center on it. That we focus on it. That we fix ourselves on it. We can rejoice in our, soul, in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces character. The word produce here is extremely important. It means something that is worked on and finished. Something that is being worked on and something that is finished. So there is purpose in our suffering because we gain endurance. Endurance is Faithfulness is persistence. It is the attitude that I am committed to this course. That I am not going to give in. That I'm not going to give up. The other meaning for endurance means that I'm going to place myself under the will of another person. It's an act of obedience. That sounds great, Jay. But how do I boast in my suffering? Let's turn to a story in Second Corinthians. Someone, go to Second Corinthians, chapter twelve. This is still about Romans, believe me. Chapter uh, chapter twelve, verse seven through ten. Someone, please read that for me, really loud. Pretty powerful story right there. What stands out in that little passage? What stands out to you? God will be with us no matter what. Weaknesses are an opportunity for Christ to be strong in us, strong through us. God could know. have removed the form if He wanted. God didn't, because He wanted He wants us to rely on Him. Mm-hmm. Dependence on Him can come through the weaknesses. Dependence on Him can come through the weaknesses. Which makes us strong. Anything else? His grace, is His grace is sufficient for us. It's all true, all good. Times that this would be released from him that he would not have to go through the suffering Christ didn't answer the prayer the way Paul wanted it to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I read that years ago this story I read this story many times I remember one of the first times I read this story I, I, I was yelling at Paul when you mean you only pray three times What about seek and you will find? Knock and the door will be open unto you. Why not be like the widow that's banging on the door of the unrighteous judge? Why are you giving up? Where's your faith, Paul? Yelling at Paul at the scriptures. Where's your faith? Three times? Come on. What did Paul learn here? Everything that you already said. What else? I mean, one thing is that faith is not you're not a better Christian or you're not a better person is praying that all these calamities will leave but in retrospect, you know, he's a stronger Christian and his faith is stronger because he's realizing that you know you, well, it's the simple lesson of you learn from your mistakes. If everything was perfect you'd never learn anything. And so we're Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he wouldn't be most in his own capabilities and his own strengths but in Christ that right. it was in Christ that uh, anything would be done he would have already been dead and broken that the same situation well, I think that it we can look at, at Paul and, and it helps us so if God were to just remove that, then then we wouldn't see God working in him mm-hmm. because it would have it would be gone, and the um, example that He sets for those around Him that can see that He is still boasting even though He's going through all this, He's still clinging to God, and He hasn't given up. Amen. I was reading last night about Johnny Erickson. She just turned 70, and Mm. over 50 years, she's been a paraplegic, and uh, she's been such a strong witness for the Lord in her difficulty. Yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah. God can use you in many ways. This is probably one of the most famous affliction stories in the Bible. And Paul never names his thorn. There's a lot of speculation by a lot of theologians about what that thorn was. And I will make this statement. I do not care. (laughs) Because it's not about the thorn, Paul says. This This is a great point here. You guys have all touched on it. You, you, you've preached this sermon very well for us this Paul Paul's saying, the, he doesn't even name it. Because it's not about the thorn. It's about the grace. It's about the grace. The word sufficient means unfailing strength. Unfailing strength. And it also means that a barrier is raised against an opposition. It's not about the thorn. God never tells Paul in this to stop praying. It's not there. He didn't tell Paul to stop praying, even, to, even really to stop praying about the thorn. You get the sense that Paul has stopped praying about the thorn. Because it's not about the thorn. It's about grace. So there's no, we cannot get from this passage of Scripture that we should stop praying after a while. God is not saying this. God is not saying to Paul, look, put your big boy pants on and get over it. God is not saying that. And God is not telling him to stop praying. But God is telling him that my grace is sufficient. Through anything. anything. That you will have unfailing strength in anything. Anything. And there will be a barrier... And why is there a barrier needed? Because it says it right here. So to keep me from being conceited, you think Paul might have had been tempted to here? Yes, he was. A thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. Does that mess with your theology a little bit? Did God send this thorn? According to the scripture, he did. It's given to him. It really shouldn't mess with our theology because the greatest gift of redemption was given through the greatest incident of pain that would ever happen on this planet through the blood of Jesus Christ. It was the most evilest of plans by the enemy. But God used those plans to redeem the world. Because it was part of his greater plan. God's agenda always tops the enemy's agenda. It is why we need a barrier to be raised against him. So when his grace is sufficient, it has unfailing strength. And it is a barrier against the enemy. Grace is. What I think Paul is saying is that the what the enemy meant for me to struggle through, God meant me to find strength through what the enemy meant to torment me with God means to transform me with. What the enemy meant to chain me, cause you know, we could get lost in our suffering. We could be bound to that suffering, to that pain, to that sorrow, to that, to that grief that we're going through. We could, we could be chained to it and the enemy wants us to be like that. But God wants to change us into the image of Jesus. You know, in Hebrews, it says that we have need of endurance. You have need of endurance. The word "need" there means duty. We have a duty to perform in endurance. It is an act of obedience to endure, as well as a something that's produced by suffering. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 10 to 11 listen to this. This is Paul speaking again. I don't know what the time period is between Romans and Corinthians and Timothy. I don't know how long time has elapsed here but listen to this. You however have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, endurance. You have followed my persecutions, my sufferings that have happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra. Which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. That word rescue means taken from a fast moving current. When you, when you, when you feel like you're being swept away by something, God rescues us. But he said he rescued them from the maw. So I wonder, did God finally answer his prayer to remove the thorn? Or did Paul find another meaning for the word rescue in his life? It's interesting to think about because he writes which persecutions I endured yet from them all the Lord rescued me delivered me and Paul's like grace was sufficient When I find beautiful In this passage, how woven together they are. This guy, you know, what Paul's reaction, he says, I'm not going to let this torment, this pain, this suffering dictate how I'm going to respond to God. I'm not going to let the, 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 the things that I'm walking through that are difficult that I asked God to remove and he chose not to. I'm going to recognize that the purpose of it is for me to look more like Jesus. So I'm not going to let that dictate how I respond to God. I'm going to let grace tell me how to respond to God. And we see, you know, you know, again, I don't know that how long of a time period between what he wrote in Romans and what he wrote in Corinthians and then what he wrote in Timothy. I don't know what the space of time is there, but somewhere Paul had a lot of experience with suffering, shipwrecks, beatings, threats to his life, bitten by a snake, all kinds of things that you could just list over and over the things that Paul suffered for the gospel. Ends up being in a prison knowing that he has a death sentence. And yet he says, the Lord rescued me from them all. He does not get out of that prison alive. He loses his life for the gospel. Yet his understanding of grace knew that he was being rescued in spite of that. I don't know about you, but I would love some more unfailing strength in my life. For those times that I feel so inadequate. When I feel like I can't endure anymore. But I am glad that suffering produces endurance. Endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. Because you begin with suffering, but you end up in hope. You start off with suffering, but you end up in hope. You start off with suffering, but you end up in hope. And it's being produced in us. It's, it's being worked on. But it's being finished. It's not left undone. God is constantly working on us, on our heart, on our spirit, on, on all the, all the complexities of our character so that it looks more like Jesus. Cause ultimately everything that we go through, everything that we walk through is for God's glory. It's why we're here, is to bring Him glory. And becoming like Jesus brings Him glory and the character that's produced in us and the hope that has been poured into us because of the love that's been poured into us. We have a, we have a God of hope living inside of us. I bet all of us this morning, we, we could take out a pad of paper and we could write down at least 10 things that we're struggling with. At, at, at the very least, 10. Some of those things would be minute things. And some of them would be huge, overwhelming things. But we've been promised unfailing strength this morning. Unfailing strength. That means it never fails. To give us what we exactly need in order to walk through the things that we are walking through. It produces it in us. It works on it. It finishes it. But we have to participate in the grace. See, Paul got to a place where where he he prayed three times and then he said, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. His grace is sufficient. I don't know how that works. Explicitly, but I'll tell you about 20 years ago, Christine and I walked through, at least for me, was one of the darkest times of my life, not even counting the years of abuse I went through. This was far worse. When we lost two babies. Right in a row. And I can I, I can remember, I worked in Danbury, I can remember driving to Danbury every day, yelling at God for the hour there and the hour back. Just railing on God, angry, frustrated. Why didn't you answer this prayer? Are you not good? And all those things that we say to God when we're mad and angry, I said them. This went on for months. To one day I got to the office and I was upset and from yelling at God and, and I, I, I locked the door to my office, I kept the lights off and I opened up my Bible which seemed so cold and distant at that point and I opened up to the book of Job. And I read these words. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I looked up I said, yeah, I'm good. And I can't tell you what it was in those words that that helped me overcome that sorrow and that grief. But I can tell you from that day on, it was completely different for me. Not that I didn't still feel sorrow. I still feel sorrow sometimes. It's a loss. But I found that His grace was sufficient for me. that I knew that he had done this and there was a purpose that I couldn't understand but like the psalm says there are some things that are too lofty for me and I take great comfort, comfort in the fact that my father is still good a couple weeks after that I was working down in our Manhattan office and there was a young man a young artist that I was working alongside of and his sister had lost twins in a miscarriage. Just a couple of days before, prior. And he was hiding in a dark room. Just weeping and crying. Angry. And he wasn't a believer. And I went in to talk to him and... listen to his story. And I was able to explain mine. And here was a, a person who wasn't even a believer... But well, those very words comforted him somehow. He called up his sister, said, you know what? I'm still sad, but somehow I know God is in this. His grace is unfailing strength. And there comes a place in our, in our walk and, in our, and sometimes in our prayer life when I, I believe you, you probably can, you've come to this point where you know you no longer have to pray about it anymore. That it's good. You just know it's good, and you're okay with leaving it with God. That's called grace. It's not that you don't that God doesn't want you to pray about it anymore, but you know, you know that that's settled, that's covered. There's a barrier around that that's keeping out the enemy from bringing me down into despair and into pain and into sorrow and being chained up to it and being. Uh, Just controlled by it. But now there's freedom. I can move on. Yes, I still remember the babies. I remember the times. There's sometimes sorrow that comes over me because of it. But I'm able to walk in the knowledge that God has them. And he also has me. That's what grace does. That's what grace is supposed to do. Father, thank you. Thank you for loving on us. Thank you that you mean to transform us when the enemy wants to torment us. That you want to free us that you would have, you want our spirits to be free from the chains of suffering the, the 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 hooks of suffering, so that we begin to see your purpose in it, to see that you have a purpose, even though we don't understand every nuance of that purpose. Thank you for grace. Thank you for grace's unfailing strength that sets up a barrier around us to protect us. And that we can stand in this grace knowing full well That it produces a strength that, that will never fail. So we thank you for this. We're going to give you glory for this. We're going to ask you to keep on teaching us about what grace is. That you will give us a, an understanding of how to boast in this. How to worship you in this. Help us know to turn our attention to to be focused to be fixed on you so that everything that we do and say brings you glory in the midst of whatever we're walking through but right now i do pray for my brothers and sisters and in the struggles and the sufferings they might be dealing with i pray father that they will find overwhelming grace in their life I pray, Father, that they would recognize your grace. That they will embrace your grace. That they would begin to worship you and boast how good you are in the midst of it all. For you are good. I release grace unto them in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that they would receive your grace. I pray songs of worship would, would, would just rise up inside of all of them. I pray that you would bless their finances. You would bless their health. You would bless their relationships. I pray that they would not be able to escape your presence. And I do pray. For you to comfort them. For you to give them answers. To give them insight. To give them discernment. But I pray Father that they will see you clearly. Trust you completely. Follow you with everything that they are. And that they will trip Jesus no matter where they go. And I ask this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.